D. I won't do drugs. A won't have an attitude. R. I will respect myself. E. I will educate me now. Check your attitude at the door. I do not want to score. I don't know the other words. Ba 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 ba. Check your attitude at the door. That feels like a good place to start the episode. Oh fuck! All right, go off. I guess. podcast market i'm panda and i'm here with my friend Teresa. how you doing Teresa? i am now lost in my dare spiral right now i am trying to look up the lyrics of this song that i had to sing for my dare graduation when i was 10 i found them but i want to know what this woman's name is because i'm pretty sure it's Teresa jenkins but i'm not 100 sure it's actually called i will dare hello alabaster but more importantly, this is, first of all, I should probably say, how are you doing, Pand? I am doing fabulous. I put a Sailor Moon costume on my cat earlier yeah. today, and that was delightful. You can, listeners can see pictures of that on social media that are my social media accounts. Pictures of Ditto in also, a It's great. Yeah. Also, we have a very important special guest today. We do, because we are uh, abandoning any pretense that this is a podcast about, a real podcast about fake podcasts, and we are talking about the movie Midsummer today, and here to help us talk about that is our very first returning guest, Joe! Joe! Howdy, howdy! I'm excited to talk about violence in Sweden and graduate students. And the subtle horrors of being a woman. <laughs> uh, truly. I actually thought of like a podcast idea that we could talk about that was midsummer themed. So mm. if you guys like want to do that too, we can. But I mean, we could just talk about midsummer because boy, howdy, I got shit to say. I feel like this episode will, by design, have to be longer than the normal episode length, but I would hope that we won't talk longer than an hour. That works for me, because I gotta yeah, go cool to the gym that. eventually tonight, so. Yeah, you can you can mention your podcast idea, and we can do that, and then we can get into actual midsummer talk. Okay. Unless, I don't know, did you want to... I could. Yeah. Spoiler midsummer throughout this whole thing sorry guys if you haven't watched midsummer this is not don't listen i mean unless you don't care about spoilers then i guess okay you can go ahead and listen but like if you are planning on seeing midsummer and you don't want to know spoilers we're not there's no like spoiler like this is your spoiler warning there's not gonna be any we're not gonna care about spoilers in this whole discussion conversation because it's kind of hard to talk about a movie like this without talking about the whole movie yeah i got some bad news yeah the really cool dare shirt that we all liked it's not normal it's normally like that it's not distressed it's technically camouflage ew I know. So how can you see it? <laughs> True. <laughs> All right. So time to stop talking about dare shirts. And <laughs> it's now time to talk about podcasts. So my idea for a podcast is a podcast for bad tropes and horror and how they're perpetuated. Like what movies are they most known for and how harmful they are to people that it pertains to and so for instance what inspired this uh podcast I idea really know what you're going to refer to probably um i mean like for instance like obviously like the whole opening scene with danny's sister having a murder suicide partially because she has bipolar disorder is really messy yeah. but yeah. Uh, what also really bugged me was how oh thanks bass is swatting something off of my desk goodbye how eugenics is actually perpetuated in midsummer 
And I mean, Interesting. yeah, because like, let's think about it. The concept of like a person can be unclouded, like let's be, anybody can be unclouded. And like how we look at Ruben as this being for being a certain thing and purposely, uh, I was going to say breeding, um, purposely having. who the, What the name of the, the handicapped. Yes. His name is Ruben. I've seen this yeah. movie three times. So I know like everybody's <laughs> names. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I actually, I have, so I have some specific questions about, or at least a specific question about the fact that you have seen Midsummer three times, but we will get to that later. All right. I just wanted to make sure that I had my character straight yes. because I, I have only seen it once. So. Yeah. What I was saying was that, like, uh, with Ruben, like, it's forcing two people to reproduce to have a certain desired effect. And, like, in, I mean, like, obviously eugenics has a history of, like, being a mess and something like that. Is eugenics the right word in this situation? Yes. Okay, I was going to say, it's like, yeah. It's not normally what you would think of when you think of eugenics, but in this case... I think that it kind of qualifies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, forced, like, eugenics is generally, like, forced sterilization. Yes. But I think it technically can be used for any type of forced reproductive yeah. health that's, in any way. That's what I was thinking, too. All right, cool. And I mean, like, obviously in other movies, too, this is done, like, I'm I'm kind of a fake horror fan, but, like, you could talk about how even in, like, classics, like, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, how if you're a wheelchair user, you are completely useless and dependent on other people. Or yeah. um, I really love to hate house of wax which also is linked to whatever happened to baby jane and uh they keep the deformed wax making prodigy in their basement about house of wax it's a really bad horror movie with paris hilton in it and yes i just don't know anything about the actual plot it's about um people discover dead bodies inside of wax figures it's bad it's awful you know i don't know why occurred to me that that was probably the plot of the movie it's very obvious (laughs) yeah but like this the guy who like makes all the wax figures and is really good at it is like horribly disfigured and is banished to like their family basement and is slowly killing off people one by one bullshit like that and we i mean even the little girl in hereditary this is already becoming a charlie hereditary you're right I almost heard about uh, the ableism and hereditary, but I ended up never doing it for other reasons. Yeah. And like ableism is like a big thing in horror movies. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, very unfortunately. And it's always like, especially like with hereditary and with Midsommar, like there is definitely still ableism, but it's also like the thing of like on the level of other horror movies versus hereditary and midsummer like their midsummer and hereditary are actually kind of tame yeah agreed but it still sucks that it's there yeah oh absolutely and like hereditary like especially like it was always the thing of like i cannot i definitely think it's still ableism because it's the thing of like oh charlie's different yeah but there was never a moment of like charlie is bad because of her disability yeah 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 where in Midsommar, she does Ruben, have a demon in her. I feel like even if she's not technically bad, that the the story makes her bad by default. True. Yeah, I feel like. Sorry, the, I guess all the spoilers for Hereditary. Yeah, I feel like the demon stuff, like that, is like transmutable because that also happens to non disabled or yeah non-disabled characters as well because that happens to Peter. That happens to oh, the grandmother. God. Scared the crap out of me. I'm sorry, my mom just walked into my room as I was cleaning out something in my laptop and listening to you. And she scared the shit out of me. Apropos. Yeah, I know. Thank you, the Ari Aster Cinematic Universe. I I liked Charlie as a character because she even though she was weird look I mean, is it confirmed that she's in fact disabled? It's not confirmed that she's disabled. 
I mean, she has a lot of qualities that you would, or she, there are a lot of things about her that you would see in probably a child with some sort of disability. Like she has like the tick and like, yeah. she has trouble like processing things. And she clearly has like communication issues. I would not be surprised if a child that behaved the way that Charlie does was diagnosed with some sort of like, autism spectrum disorder yeah and Ari Aster in interviews um in the cast in interviews never like specifically labeled but definitely like the way they talked about Charlie as a character she was talked about as if she was not neurotypical interesting shrimp ter esting dare I say so yeah but but then like in Midsommar Ruben is kind of shown he's as for being disabled well that and also he's one of the few people we see actively kill someone um so that's a fun thing to talk about actually right yeah because in i was gonna say panda do you want to say what you're gonna say um i feel like you're probably gonna say the thing that i had to say so i'll let you go and then if it wasn't the thing that i had to say then i'll say okay so in the Ari Aster AMA, it was asked who killed uh, Josh. And Ari Aster's response was actually, it was Ulf under the skin of Mark. And Ulf is one of the two guys who sacrifices himself at the end. Wasn't he when the guy have, that was angry um, the, about Mark yes. getting peeing on the tree? Yes. Yes. So the movie, I also thought that it was Ruben. I I thought it was Ruben too. Uh, but Ari Aster confirmed that it is in fact Ulf. But what what I assume though is that Ruben was either there and watching, or he uh, was the one who pulled Josh or something like that, because those grunts do not sound like Josh to me at all, but they sounded like Ruben okay. to me. So I, I will say this. We I do know thinking. that Ruben has the room behind the mirror. And so like the grunts definitely probably were Ruben, yes. but I'm also calling bullshit on Ari Aster yes. because in that scene, no, fair. It kind of looked like it was Ruben. Exactly. Exactly. I'm calling bullshit on Ari Aster. He does not know what he's talking about with his own movie. The Ari fragments in the Ari Aster cinematic universe. The Ari Aster cinematic universe. There are fra- fractions, and this this man needs to give us answers so I can sleep at night. Is that what you were going to say, Panda? Yeah, that was the. I was going to say the the thing about the AMA because I also read through a considerable portion of the AMA and I happened to see that and I was also shocked upon learning that. I was reading it at work because you were so valid. Thank you, thank you. I saw that it was happening, and I really wanted him to ask a question, answer a question about hereditary that I wanted to know, but he didn't. Oh, what was I the question? the fact because somebody sent me the link what was your question tease uh it was actually a joint question between me and london and uh london pointed out to me that in there's actually a species of ants that are named pyman ants and <sighs> london was wondering if Ari aster chose ants on purpose to be the thing that the family hallucinates because they're called pyman ants and Ariaster is really deliberate and the ants that were shown in the movie look really similar to what pyman ants actually look like. So uh, I actually really, I haven't watched uh, Hereditary probably since I forced my mom to watch it last year and um, I kind of want to rewatch it this weekend because it's on Amazon Prime right now. Like fuck, fuck Bezos, but also like Oh, someone actually talked about it. Wow. Actually, no. So I do want to rewatch it, and I'm kind of curious. So did someone talk about it or not? No, he did not answer it at all. Okay. I feel like he probably did do that intentionally. Because, like, he puts a lot of, like, he does a lot of stuff that's, like, symbolic, but not, like, thematic symbolic, just, like, 
connective tissue yeah. of a movie yeah. um, into the stuff. Nod. Like the number, the number nine in Midsommar, how like all the ages of that are important to the cult, like they're divisible. By 18, nine. 36. I didn't realize that. The other ones that I can't remember, they all of that. They all add up to nine. No, 54, 54, 54. Coincidence. Um, and it's ninety. It's ninety years. It's every ninety years that this calling. Yeah, I didn't realize happens. that. Wow. Now I don't know what nine means symbolically because I didn't bother to look that up. But and also like all the rune stuff. Yeah, has actual symbolic meaning because I actually looked up Elder Futarg like what all the runes in Elder Futark meant oh. after seeing this movie. I didn't look at because... any of the runes. You, is there any hidden information in that? Like, I mean, yes, but not, like, really. It's all stuff that, like, you can kind of gleam anyways. Uh-huh. Like, a lot of the runes are, like, about femininity, masculinity, uh-huh. unity, harvest. Okay. Like, stuff yeah. that is said, like, specifically through, like, actual dialogue yeah. in the movie. So, like, it's just, like, boosting that through okay. symbols. A friend of mine who knows some Swedish actually uh, was telling me that at the end, after Danny is crowned the May Queen, the things that people are saying to her in Swedish after she's crowned May Queen is like, congratulations, and we love you, and we're so happy you're here, and stuff like that. And that. This is, it's just the Ava congratulations scene. It really is. It? <laughs> it is, but with flowers. Danny, you have to get in the flower co- cloak, or else Ray will have to do it or again. Else Christian will have to go into the bear again. Oh yeah, I have um I have some questions regarding Christian. Yeah. Oh, how is he a scumbag? Okay, he is a scumbag, but I've seen some mixed writing surrounding what happens to Christian. And I know that this is a this is a heavy question to ask on a podcast with my two buds, but hopefully we can kind of have this conversation sensitively is what happened to christian sexual assault yeah i mean yeah i think it is i mean like i think it is too but like i've i've seen like conflicting opinions uh around this so i was just interested in the the opinions of our panel here i think it 100 percent is especially because he is not in his right mind. He is hopped up mm-hmm. on drug tea. Yes. And so, like, even... Because, like, there are definitely moments where, like, he seems a little bit more into it than other times. Yeah. But because he is not in his right mind, he can't give full consent. And so, therefore, it's 100% sexual. Assault. I... When... I, I agree with Joe. When I first saw it, it didn't really... I didn't connect the dots to me that it was, in fact, sexual assault until... I sat back and I saw people talking about it as like, oh my God, actually, yeah, it totally is. Like Aster frames it in a way that we're just like, well, this is what he's got to do, I guess, because a whole bunch of uh, cultural uh, mandatory rituals demand it. And like, I was like, okay, I'm just going with it. And, and there's, there's also a lot of like framing around the situation that could imply that having sex with someone who wasn't Danny is something that he wanted to do. Yeah, I mean the whole entire beginning when they're in the pizzeria, they're talking about how he could bang hot Swedish girls and I mean Oh, you you notice that they say think of all the Swedish women that you'll impregnate. Which is such a gross a gross phrasing. Gross, stupid use of phrasing and then the whole movie happened. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. I hate that, um, but it happened, and yeah. I really think it was. This movie did a really good job of doing. It was very chaos magicy, you know. It was very much like this is what you want, this is what you're gonna get, but you're not gonna like the way you got it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's. I, I, but long story short, Panda, yes, I totally think it was sexual assault. It took me a few moments to realize that it was, in fact, sexual assault, but it definitely was. I think so as well, given all of the the everything. Yes. 
But I just, I, I do think that it's interesting the way that that scene is framed. Yes. It definitely is not framed like that is a rape scene. And even no. uh, the women undulating around them and yeah, holding their breasts and um, singing to them and encouraging and them to moan. And moment where, the go- where the woman comes around and is like, and you pushes know, him. Yeah. Just pushes his pushes butt. His butt. I like my whole like the uh, my theater wasn't packed, but like the people in the theater with me during that scene laughed. Oh, all three times I saw it, people laughed at that. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I think that's like a common thing with the viewing of this movie. Because I didn't laugh at all though, all three times. Oh, no, same here. here, same here. But like, I definitely think is a thing with. This movie in particular, although it's kind of the same way with Hereditary, although I think Hereditary, there are moments that are more, like, specifically supposed to be comical. And I think there are moments that are specifically supposed to be comical in Midsommar as well. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. But I think it's so uncomfortable for people to, like, take that scene seriously that their immediate reaction is to be like, oh, this is ridiculous, let's laugh, rather than oh, what's actually going on here? Oh, gosh, this is horrifying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that it was a pretty clever turn on the, like, standard horror movie way of doing sexual humiliation because you see the scene with like when he like runs out of the temple and he's you know it's full frontal nudity he's bare ass naked in front of everybody that like normally that sort of humiliation is reserved for women in horror movies and I read the inter I don't know if you guys have read the interview with the guy that played Christian, but the full frontal nudity was actually his idea. Yep. In the original script, he put on a robe before running out of the the, the temple or whatever. And the guy the actor was like, No, we need to commit to this and just went out buck naked. And it also makes like more like sense for the character like that character is terrified in that moment he's not going to take time to grab something he's taking time to run well i think in probably in the original writing the idea of full frontal male nudity wasn't considered because that's how you bump yourself up to an nc-17 which they they did have an nc-17 rating for a little while and they managed to cut it down to r Oh, yep. I wonder if the director's cut is in C seventeen. Oh, I, I also wish I also wish I could go see the director's cut, but I have to celebrate somebody's birthday after FlameCon, and I can't go see it a fourth time. Oh, oh are they? Is there going to be a showing of the director's yes. cut? Yes, uh, Lincoln yeah. Center is doing a director's cut showing on. I had, I had not heard this. August seventeenth, baby, New York City, boy. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I really hope that A24 releases like an actual like DVD. Oh, I hope so. Of the director's cut. Oh, I because I don't want to bootleg it. But if they don't, I mean, yeah, I gotta do what I gotta do to see the director's cut. Yep, it feels like an A24 move to put out the director's. I think they are, especially because they're releasing it in theaters. Yeah, I mean, if fucking Marvel could release Once Upon a Deadpool, I think. (laughs) <laughs> they could I mean if Marvel can also just release Endgame again in theaters but with like 10 minutes of extra footage and if Disney yeah. can release Ugh. fucking sing along versions of movies I just yeah so I th- I mean if Disney can do the live action remakes just in general yeah I think I think we can do it I think A24 will give us the goods I trust them good other things. Um, how do we feel about Pele saying does he feel like home to you? Does he make you feel... Fuck, I messed that up. How does it feel to experience Pele saying oh my god, I'm blanking on it. What is this fucking quote? Uh, oh my god. Do you feel held, do you by, feel him? held? Do you feel held by him? Uh, does he feel like home to you? Because all three times I've seen this movie it has fucked me up so bad. I love it so much. And I know I'm not supposed to like Pele because he's part of this evil cult. 
but I very much like Pele and also very attracted to Pele. I relate to that so hard. Like, just the statement, I know I'm not supposed to like Pele, but I like him so much. I, frankly, I'm like, can like I was just assuming that like he and Danny were gonna bang like this is that's appropriate like possibly like night four night five of the whole entire festival like by night nine they're banging oh yeah oh yeah no she's not leaving that cult no. him and her are basically gonna be married in the Ari Oster AMA he mentioned that that was only like night four of yeah. nine and it just like that that concept had not even occurred to me like because i mean you know like it's sunny the whole time like who knows how much fucking time has passed so i was actually counting with uh how they go to sleep yeah that makes sense i didn't yeah. think of that oh the it's online apparently there's going to be another event on the 17th of august and i can't find it in my twitter Lincoln Center did an Ari Aster question and answer after a viewing at Lincoln Center, and it's an hour long, so I'm going to listen to that bad bitch later. Hell yeah. There's also an article about the artist who did all of the artwork for the movie, too. Yeah. I also haven't had a chance to read that, but I would like to read that. It's very good. The Polygon article. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I was going Chip City, so I didn't get a chance to read, and now that I'm home from Chip City, um, I want to read it. Oh, it's very good. Another question. Yes. Okay, so regarding the ending, mm-hmm. I, in my watching of Midsommar, I, when she chooses Christian, I had a, a simultaneous moment of it's what he deserves and good for her. Yeah. And. I was talking about the movie Midsummer with a listener of the show, John Luke, John Luke Botville, and he suggested the idea that Danny chose him to die out of love, that she knew that he had been assaulted and she knew that this was the merciful thing to do to him. And one of his, John Luke and I didn't get into the details of this and he will probably send me a very long text message after he hears this episode. But one of his corroborating pieces of evidence was the painting in Danny's room that you see in the beginning. It's called Poor Little Bear. And it has like a a little girl sort of being affectionate towards a a large bear. What do you guys think about that? Wow. I like, I mean, I can't deny it because there's like not enough evidence to deny it one way. But Danny's reaction after seeing the events in that room um with christian and the girl whose name i can't remember maya me maya me okay it's maya but it's called Um, like m-a-j-a yeah um her reaction seemed much more to be of like oh he just cheated on me rather than that's how i felt oh he's being raped and so like and maybe like she took the time and like realized it but that seems that's a lot of assumption with not enough evidence. And so I'm not saying that it can't be true. I'm just saying I don't think it's true. And along with that picture, I don't think that picture is a symbol of like, oh, I mean, I think she does love Christian, but I don't think it's a symbol of she killed him because she loved him. I, I think that was, was foreshadowing. Uh, yeah, I thought it was foreshadowing as well. Yeah, I so thought that because i mean at the end of the day she does in fact i mean she did love the bear i mean technically she yeah uh, she loved christian and i mean if you think about it it was very the opening was very much the fear of christian leaving her while christian was like fuck man i want to i want to leave and while for danny it was well what if he leaves me for showing this emotion and i think that anxiety is really common for especially women in relationships and and i think with seeing poor little bear the concept of 
Danny being able to comfort the bear for once as opposed to the bear comforting her. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I didn't, I never thought about it that way, but now mayhaps I will think about it this way. Supposedly there is more to support this and we just didn't get deeply into the conversation, but I was just interested in hearing you guys' thoughts on that take. I'm going to have to sit and think about that. Well, also there might be more evidence in the director's cut for that theory. True, yeah. well, there's also the the script is available online. I don't know if either of you were aware, but the, the I, full... I was not. I did know, but I haven't read it yet. ...has been leaked, and I did want to read it before this episode, but that just that just didn't happen. It's a long movie, which means it's a long script. It's an hour's worth of... It was originally, like, an hour's worth cut out. It was four hours long. Yeah, it's supposed to be... Like three hours and forty five minutes, yeah. the whole director's cut. Well, when we finally Which make I'm down for our Ari Aster cinematic universe spinoff series, um, we could all read the script. And but um, if we're gonna talk about the beginning of the movie, I also really want to point out the scene where Danny finds out that they're going to Sweden, and when they're like not fighting but they're having their conversation. And she's like, "No, no, 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 no! I just want to talk." I actually really loved how the blocking of the scene was that when Christian started arguing back at her, they actually switched positions. And I thought that blocking was so cool. I really loved that. And I mean, it was so obvious, but I thought it was a super nice touch. Producer Jimmy commented frequently on the blocking of the movie and how genius it was. What was the one question you wanted to ask me panned? Oh, did, how was the, uh, you because you saw it three times, yes, correct? Yes. How was the audience experience in different time, like each different time that you saw it, and did it at all affect your viewing experience of the movie? This question actually comes from Lily, your friend, the one that's friends with Jimmy, not the one that was Sailor Uranus when we went to see Super yes, Five. Lily. Oh my God, what is Lily's username? I am blanking, but I know exactly who you're talking about. Shout out to Lily. I love her. Her, her icon is a mouse. It's Lily Squeaks. Yeah. Lily. I knew it was mouse related. Yeah. We love Lily in this house. We've been a longtime Tumblr friend. In this house, we love Lily. Yes. We've been longtime Tumblr friends, and now we are Twitter friends. Um, and now she's Twitter friends with Jimmy and all of you guys. Um, so <laughs> the first time I saw it, I actually saw it opening Friday. And I saw it at my local theater. The theater wasn't packed, but I did see it with three straight men. And how did they feel? uh, They giggled and I was ready to stab all of them. Yeah. Um, But like, I mean, across the board, the experience was pretty much similar, I will say. So the first time I saw it, there was little giggles here and there and Uh, There was more, I mean, it was more of a general audience because it was a little bit bigger because it was the first week and it was opening night. And then uh, the second time I saw it, I actually saw it on a $5 Tuesday that following day. So I saw it four days later. And that was at a dine-in theater. So there were less seats to begin with. And uh, this really has nothing to do with the movie, but there was a mother there with like her eight or nine year old son and the son just was playing on his iPad in the corner the whole time. And when they took the mushroom, she had to be like, listen, sometimes people take drugs for fun. (laughs) This queen is setting up a life right here. But for, I actually saw it with good friend of the show, Serena, and Serena's mom, and Serena's younger sibling, Parker. Friend of the show, Serena's mom. Serena's mom. Friend of the show, Serena's mom. And then original Siobhan, not the Siobhan we all know and love, but my first friend named Siobhan, and Siobhan's mom. Classic, if you will. Yes. And me. And I asked my mom to come. She's like, no, I don't want to leave Cork alone. But I was like, it's a mom date. But she wouldn't listen you to me. You need to get me When it comes, my mom wants to see it. But she's like, Cork, I was like, Cork won't like it. So you got her to watch Hereditary, didn't I you? I did. But so probably when it's on demand, I'll make her watch it. What was the mean take on Hereditary? The mean take was, my mom says this thing when she thinks something is gross, but she doesn't want to say it's gross. She just goes, ew. 
And she did that. And but she's like, it was scary, but it was good. And that's like, I'm glad you liked it. I mean, it's been a while since we watched it, so I don't remember everything that she said, but that was her uh, general comment for the most part. She thought it was really freaky, but really well done. And she's like, it didn't feel like a horror movie to her, even though it was. I was like, hmm, it's that A24. Yeah. I just, I frankly have just drank the A24 Kool-Aid. I really have. Oh, no, A24 is the best production company right now. Like, that's not a question. It's really a guarantee of quality at this point. Yeah. Except for mid nineties, I didn't like mid nineties. Mid nineties is, ooh, I it seems like a vanity project. It, I have, uh, I have um, some emotional stuff that goes on with mid nineties. I didn't actually see. I it. could tell you guys in the chat later, but okay. I thought it was. I I didn't think it was amazing. I also recently saw a uh, hole in the ground because it was called Hole in the Ground. Me and Chip watched it together. Of course you did. <laughs> Chip and I love to make whole jokes. And I mean, it wasn't groundbreaking or anything like that, but it was okay. I mean, I've seen a lot of like cave and spooky, mysterious children movies. And I've never actually heard of this movie. It's on Prime for free. That's why I watched it because I saw that it was A24 and it had the word hole in the title. So I watched it. <laughs> but... The second time, because there was less people in the theater, it was a little more suspenseful to watch because I actually knew, since I knew it was happening, I knew it was coming, I was able to look at the other people around me and see what they were experiencing. And it's like, oh shit, here it comes. And for me to watch it a second time, I kind of, I was talking to a friend about this. I think the movie does a really good job on if you're in the know you're in the know and you know exactly what's coming and you know what foreshadowing to look for with the actual visuals but also as a viewer and seeing the movie for the second time you almost feel like you're a part of the harga as they're called and it was a really cool experience and then the third time I saw it my knee was hurting really bad and I just got my period so I was zoning out a little bit but we saw it in a smaller home like a homegrown movie theater in Connecticut. And it was like a lot of like vineyard vine type people and straight couples. And me and Chip were like, here it comes. People are going to break up after the movie. And they didn't. <laughs> but I think there was a certain, like the opening scene when the uh, phone, like before the phone rings, like, it, like it's the harp noise and it shows the mural and then it's the singing that's heard later at the commune. Somebody actually laughed during the opening singing and I was like, please don't do this to me. But to see people's experience with this movie three times, I have to think it's really fascinating because like when I saw it the first and second time, people freaked out during the hammer scene. But the third time, nobody was phased by it at all. And it's, I think it's a testament to just what is, what freaks you out emotionally. And I thought, I mean, I thought it was worth the watch all three times I saw it. So I liked it. Nice. Yeah, yeah there were undoubtedly straight men in audiences of midsummer across cishet men specifically in midsummer audiences across the country who thought he didn't deserve that and he did he did they wrong yeah he is what he deserved it was agreed i felt like this movie and i apparently wasn't the only person who saw this comparison but it's a pretty easy comparison to make to uh have either of you seen the witch yes oh yeah i i mean i know tease has it was more of a more of a formality of a question but i got extreme witch vibes especially from the ending yeah no that smile on her face 100 percent is her saying i do want to live deliciously she was living deliciously she sure fucking was and also like i mean i feel like the witch is spookier it's got a little bit more of like classic horror aesthetic in places but it also like a lot of it takes place during the day and a lot of it is 
a little more unassuming than like your standard horror movie setting although i guess the witch is a little more of a traditional horror movie compared to midsummer anyway Mm. i would say they're both pretty traditional just like in different sub-genres of horror i would consider midsummer atypical as far as horror movies go would you not agree i mean it's a pretty like aesthetically this is more what sets it apart but even aesthetically, like, it reminded me a lot of the original, the original Wicker Man, which is great. The new Wicker Man is terrible, and it's even not that fun, like, as a funny, like, oh man, this is bad. But the, like, original Wicker Man is an amazing movie, and I hate that it has to be related to the remake. I haven't I've seen either seen one. The, yeah, I've never seen the Wicker Man, but uh, given my knowledge of the Wicker Man, I can definitely see the the comparison. I know nothing. But also even visually, like, in terms of its use of color, like, obviously, Rosemary's Baby is much more, like, actual, like, nighttime horror. Yeah. But, like, in terms of, like, gender dynamics and, like, blocking-wise and, like, color usage and, like, setting usage, it reminded me a lot of Rosemary's Baby as well, which, like, Ari Aster has taken, has admitted, I've taken a lot of inspiration from that movie. I thought the colors and the brightness was really reminiscent of The Love Witch to me. Yeah, I haven't seen The Love Witch, but oh, it's so good. I also really like Switchblade Sisters. That The Love Witch definitely seems like Joe Core. Yeah. Oh, it's very Joe Core. I've I've been told it's very T Core as well. I just have to sit down and watch it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think just the brightness and the coloring and a woman living her life and reclaiming herself once again definitely living through the end of the movie. Yeah. Exactly. We love a queen. I love Ari Aster's trope of the final girl. Yes. I like this is half a joke, but also half sincere. I want Ari Aster's final girl tattooed on my lower back. You are so valid. You are so, so valid. Get a I Ari Aster like we- tram stamp, Joe. Do it. Yes. I feel like we could t- continue talking about this for another half hour easily, but we are coming up on our hour mark. Oh my god. I know, right? Look at the time, guys. Oh. We've been in the flow. I guess I th- this is the time that we should go into some final remarks and my final remark is that I find it fascinating that this is a breakup movie that Ari Aster has written from the perspective of the woman instead of the man. I mean, like, it's it feels like a low bar to want male filmmakers to empathize with female characters but that has been a consistent thread throughout like both midsummer and hereditary like this empathy with the experience of being a woman and interacting with the world in that way and i just think that that's really neat i just think that's neat I just, they, me holding up Ari Aster's filmography, I just think he's neat. That's agreed. Agreed. No, but I 100% agree with you. I just wanted to boost that with also saying that, like, it's also, like, one, that he took it from the viewpoint of a woman, but, like, that he delved so much into, like, actual, like, psychology and gender dynamics yes. of, like, of... Danny trying to shrink herself and hide her emotions so much because like that is the thing that like she has been taught is that if I let out my emotions then I'm the needy girl quote unquote when she talked about like being afraid that he was gonna leave her because she was trying to like lean on him too much emotionally my heart just broke into t- I know my chest yep yep like <sighs> And, like, the sea, oh, it, I was, I had goosebumps and almost started crying. I didn't, probably the second time I watch it. But the scene after she sees Christian, where she sees Christian having sex with um, Maya, and she is crying, and the other women are crying with her. Sympathetic it's, crying. like, so powerful. Oh, yes. 
like that scene in itself is just like it's like heartbreaking and beautiful and like like that like that is the climax of the movie and like that's the first moment she has felt held she felt held she felt- oh I'm, I'm crying right uh, now <laughs> final thoughts me yeah your teeth. I'm sure. Fuck, buddy. I sure am. I now I'm sad about thinking about being held. Um, I love this movie. I had some qualms with Hereditary, and I really think that Ari Aster did really good on fixing the issues he had with Hereditary, and really showed with Midsummer that he reflected and grew. And I'm so happy to see how this is his sophomore film and i was yeah. so disappointed like not to a lot of people are comparing him with jordan peele especially with how good get out was and how so many people like uh, us and frankly i didn't like us that much i can see the comparison yeah i can too yeah i personally didn't really like us that much so when midsummer kind of i was starting to see the beginning of it i was like oh my god i hope it's actually good and not bad and um, <laughs> I'm really, really hoping that it's worth it. And to see how spectacular Midsummer was, I am so excited to see Ari Aster's future blossom. I really think that this is going to be a move, um, a director that I will follow for a really long time. Me too. I mean, his AMA saying that his next horror movie is going to be in a Cheesecake Factory killed me. Love it. Yes. I really hope that he gets recognition because hereditary really was robbed, especially Tony Collette. And um, I really think um, hereditary, I mean, not hereditary that midsummer should be nominated for, I mean, for the practical effects was phenomenal. Yes. Um, I really production design alone. The production is, I mean, production design really isn't, is that even given Oscar? Yeah, that's a category. Okay. I just wasn't sure if it was, I think it's, been pushed to technicals now and not to the what's shown but i really hope that this movie is touted not only as just a horror film but really something that's really important to film canon at the end of the day and that's my thought i agree and i think that like it will be like i think that like especially in like the world of horror it's not going to be like friday the 13th or nightmare on elm street where, like, everyone recognizes the bear suit. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, like, yeah. I think it's going to be, like... Sincerely, I think it's going to be, like, Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Where Rosemary's Baby, like, even for non-horror directors, Rosemary's Baby has, is probably one of the... Is a hugely influential movie in cinematography and camera angles mm-hmm. and use of color. Yes. And so I think that's the way it's going to be with Midsommar, is I think that... There'll be a number of horror directors that take from it, but I also think there'll be a lot of non-horror directors that take a lot of influences from it. Oh yeah, definitely. I agree. All right, Joe, final thoughts. It's just great. It's just a great movie. I just think I mean, it's like, me. But like, truly, I am a stand for Ari Aster. Like, from seeing Hereditary, and like, partly... I loved Hereditary so much because uh, I don't even have the qualms that a lot of people have with it. I recognize that like there are shortcomings, but I see those shortcomings and I'm like, I don't care um, because it's such like Hereditary was such a personal movie for me because I was like, oh my gosh, this movie gets family dynamics and like religion in such a way where like the movie isn't even like directly about religion but like oh it gets it yeah this movie is like that but with gender where it's like nothing in the script is directly saying oh man this is about a woman's experience but it's so much about a woman's experience feminist horror exactly and i just can't wait to see what he continues to do and i'm also excited because he's even said that like he does horror because he knows he can get it made mm-hmm. and that like he enjoys horror, but it's not like he only wants to exclusively do horror. So I'm also really excited for him to eventually do a non horror movie. He said he wants to do a comedy next. So yeah, I which I would fascinated. Be, yeah, I want to see so badly. 
All right. Thank you guys for this lovely conversation that we did, in fact, keep under one hour. Go us. Yay. Yay. Uh, <laughs> if you would like to follow us on Twitter, you could do that at Fresh Pod Market. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Impandanata. If you'd like to check out other things I do in the world of podcasting, you can check out Imagine Me and Utena, a revolutionary girl Utena podcast, which you can find out at UtenaCast on Twitter. Tease, where can people find you online? You can follow me at Vicuñad, V-I-C-U-N-A-D. Also, I don't know when this is going up, but if you're a fan of Dungeons & Dragons, right now there is a D&D Kickstarter that I'm a part of. It's a supplementary zine about bards in particular, and Woo-hoo! it focuses on 5e. We are really behind in our Kickstarter and we're really trying to surge through and hope that we could actually hit our goal. You can easily... Uh, look up Bardic Inspiration on Kickstarter. You Google 5e Bard Zine. I was able to do that and it's the first thing that comes up. Perfect. I'm so glad. Or you could just check out the Honey Pro Twitter. And Honey Pro is my two friends, Kaja and Nina. And I frequently am their unofficial third member of mods. So it'd be really awesome if y'all could check it out. I would really appreciate it. I know it's a really far off goal, but if people just keep promoting it and donating, well, pledging to it, I shouldn't say donate, pledging to it, there is a possibility that we might pull through in the next two weeks. And I would be eternally grateful because this project is really awesome. And it the reason why the number is so high is because we're actually paying everybody in it professional wages mods are not taking any cut of the money we are just literally here to get it funded and it's something really important to me and somebody just pledged how exciting was Was that you it was you thank you panda you're welcome yay so once again i'd really appreciate it if you guys just spread the word about it even if you guys don't don't um you guys don't pledge but uh you can find me at vicuña v-i-c-u-n-a-t and you could also follow us on uh, the Dead Mall, which is Tumblr.com. And uh, we are located at Fresh Podcast Market. You can send us ideas there. And you could also send ideas to Fresh Podcast Market at gmail.com. Joe, where can people find you online should you wish to be found? I would love to be found. And you can find me at McGuire underscore fire. M-C-G-U-I-R-E underscore fire. Um, Talk to me about horror movies because I love horror movies. Talk to Joe about horror movies and also about how you don't love cats. I don't. I've never seen cats. I really hate cats. I'm going to go see the movie, but I hate cats. Conversation that we will definitely be having in private. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's all of our social media stuff. I don't remember if we've missed any. Oh, well, I have to credit Jimmy, of course. Our producer, Jimmy, you can find at Twitter on at Jimothy Jam. I'm doing this backwards now, I guess. Or you can listen to our theme song, which is Cul-de-Sac Sunset by Hopefully Not Bad Lib on SoundCloud.com. That's it. That's all our things. Uh, thank you for joining me at Midsummer. Teresa. Thanks for joining me at Midsummer, Joe. Thanks for joining me at the Ari Aster Stan podcast, Teresa and Panda. <laughs> Everyone have a good one. Everyone, it's time to be held and feel like home. Have a good night. Aww.